0: back to another episode of the exercise engineer this week is the first ever interview that i've done on this pod very very exciting uh, i interview my running coach run with nick he is a fantastic coach he is an ultra marathoner marathoner you name it he's done it he's an absolute trooper and 10 out of 10 fantastic coach so really enjoy this one guys welcome nick how are you I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. So, uh, I want to start with just a little quick fire round for you, and then we can introduce you properly after. So, okay. Ultra. Road or trail? Trail. Squats or split squats? Squats. <laughs> I hate split squats. Yeah, I
1: They are very, very good, and they absolutely must be in your plan, yeah. especially if you're a runner. But, but I love okay. squats. <laughs>
0: Tempo or hills?
1: Hills. Oh, Oh, I love hills.
0: Oh, yeah. Gross, aren't they? Uh, podcast or music? Podcast. Morning or evening run?
1: Oh, morning. Definitely morning, but I don't get to do mornings very often these days, yeah. so I, I tend to go at lunchtime or evening.
0: Chicken thighs or chicken breast?
1: Oh, I'm a thigh man. <laughs>
0: yeah, always. Hat or sunglasses? For running. And 5K or 10K? Uh, 5K. Interesting. Right, Which we'll is, an
1: interesting, yeah, that is an interesting answer for an ultra interesting. runner. Interesting.
0: But... Okay, we'll come back to some of those answers because I want to go deep dive into a few of those. Yep. Um, but for the moment, who is Nick? Just give me a quick yeah. two three minutes of anyone who doesn't know you. Introduce yourself,
1: yep. please. Cool. So, um, yeah, Nick Hancock. I have been running for about um, about 10 years, I would say, Properly, ten years uh, coaching for the last three. Um, started running quite late in life. Uh, started running for my mental health, um, which you know I wouldn't be able to cope without running. Um, which is going to be interesting for the next couple of months because I currently have a hernia um, and I need to get an operation on it. So uh, that's going to be interesting. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm husband to Alison. And dad to Max and Miles, who inspired the name of my coaching business, Maximum Mileage. Um, yeah, sorry, I've been running for about ten years, um, I started it. purely. I
0: never knew that. that. <laughs> I did not put that together. Oh man! I, I, sorry
1: I was I was sat there one day. You know, in the beginning, when I was thinking, right, what can I call my coaching business? And I went through all kind of names. And I was just sat there one day, eating my breakfast, and I just looked at my two sons, and I went, "Oh my god." Max miles, maximum mileage. Yes, <laughs> and He's that was it.
0: In.
1: That was it. Yeah, uh, I do get a lot of sticks from people. What you actually named your sons just so you could name a coaching business? Yeah, that is not the case. I'm not that sick.
0: They're on to you. They're on to you.
1: I'm not. that sick. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, and they you know, those those three amazing human beings that I, I live with um, inspire me every day uh yeah so um started running purely for my mental health really um i i used to work in hospitality which is you know traditionally 80 hundred hour weeks and um <clears throat> you know i was running some high profile restaurants i used to run jamie oliver's um flagship restaurant in bath and worked for michelin starred restaurants all around the world it took me all around the world i loved it you know for for a while but eventually it you know the eighty hundred hour weeks got to me, and I nearly took my own life. So um, instead of doing that, I decided to quit my job, took about an eighty grand pay cut, went into <clears throat> went into something else, and um, and that then allowed me the time to you know look after my health a little bit more. So I thought, well, let's try let's try this running malarkey. Um, and I went out for a run in a pair of um, like Adidas Sambas, I think it was, <laughs> yeah. Like proper, (laughs) proper fashion shoes. I was like, well, that's all I've got. So I'll go for a little run. I literally managed a a lap around local football pitch and thought, well, I better go and get some different shoes. So, um, I think it was sports direct in Westfield, White City, um, when I got a real cheap pair of caramores, um, and realized I kind of accidentally bought the trail shoes rather than road running shoes. So that's kind of where, I mean, I, I started on the trails because I sort of got home and I was like, oh, these aren't for running on the road. These are for running on, on the trails, whatever that is. <laughs> I had to learn what, yeah. what a trail was. Um, so yeah, just uh, just started running and, you know, half a mile turned into 0.6 of a mile. And, you know, it was a very slow process and I had no idea what I was doing and probably spent most of that first Six months running too hard, and then I discovered a little thing called parkrun. Um, you know, did parkrun? I think my first one was like thirty-six minutes or something like that. Um, I didn't even have a barcode, so I can't even prove that it was thirty-six minutes because because um, my my technically my first parkrun recorded was twenty-six minutes. So I knocked ten minutes off within a couple of uh, couple of weeks. So yeah, um, and it's kind of snowballed from there.
0: Snowballed, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Um, Just touching on something you just said. So, what what do you look for in a in a trainer itself? Like you said, like you came back with a trail shoe, you didn't really know. Mm. What do you look for now? And especially back to if you were a beginner, what would you be looking in? What would you be looking to get? Good question.
1: Yeah, very very different um, outlook on shoes now. And I'm probably a bit of a a shoe geek. So, (laughs) the first thing I would do is go and get fitted at a running shop properly that is the absolute key um for your very first shoe maybe even the second third fourth shoe that you get because you'll need more than one pair um as they start to break down and then shoe rotation and all that kind of stuff which um we can talk about if you want but um right, I would definitely
0: now, what is a running shop like is sports direct classed as a running shop
1: no don't go no. don't go to sports direct go, go to a decent running shop there's plenty of them out there i i i actually work with a um a company uh, in fact, a single shop in um, in Wales called Soulmate. Um, they're really good. You know, They've got a treadmill. Um, I think in London, there's a lot of runners need that have treadmills. Mm. Um, so go to one of those. There's up and running around the country. There's pl- plenty of really good shops. So you know, the independent shops are, are, are good if you can get to them. They'll generally have somebody who's quite passionate about what they do and um, you should get some good recommendations. Um, but definitely go and get fitted because you also want to be thinking about what happens when we run is our feet swell because of all the blood that's rushing to them and other places in the body. So our feet swell a little bit through sweat and heat and all that kind of stuff. So you don't want to be getting the same size shoe that you wear in your daily life. So if you're a, like me, I'm a size 10 and a half in my daily life. I'll get 11, sometimes 11 and a half, you know, mm. full size up. You want to be able to get, um, your thumb between the end of the shoe and the end of your toe. So you need, you need, you need a gap of that much between the um, your, your foot and the, the end of the shoe. And also think about the width as well. Um, you know, Brands like Hoka or Hoka, Hoka One One as it's pronounced, not one one, as people think. Um, <laughs> they are traditionally quite narrow, um, but they do make a wider version. So um, it's it's just really important to go and get fitted. Now, the other thing to remember when you're going to get fitted is that you are not going for a gait analysis. A lot of people say, I'm going to go and get a gait analysis at a running shop. Running shops don't do gait analysis. Gait analysis comes from the physiotherapy world, the podiatry world.
0: For those or, listening who don't know what your gait is, just quick brief description.
1: So when you run, that that is your gait. You know, a bit like a horse's gait, you know, canter, trot, you know, we're, that that is our gait. That is the action of running um, okay. to, to go and get it analysed. is called the gait analysis, but... Running shops will say they do gait analysis. You might have the odd shop that might be qualified in doing it, but be very careful because a lot of running shops will look at somebody's the way somebody's foot lands, and they'll say, "Well, you pronate," which means your foot tilts inwards. Well, that's a ver- that's a natural part of the body's movement, um, and there's a lot of misunderstanding that that's a bad thing. It isn't a bad thing at all. It's a it's a very natural part of the way the foot lands and, sh- and and absorbs shock. And what a lot of shops will do is they'll recommend a shoe that stops that from happening called support shoes. And they'll go, oh, you need a support shoe. No, you don't. I get on my high horse about this, as you can probably tell. Yeah. Do, not, do not accept them telling you that you need a support shoe because they'll say that to 90% of people. You don't. You don't need a support shoe. They're uh, yeah, they're generally not needed. If yeah. if they say you need a support shoe because you overpronate, say fine, okay, I'll, and then go and see a professional about it, as in a physiotherapist, to see mm-hmm. if you do actually overpronate and you and if it's causing you any problems. Because if you, you, know, if you, if you if you get injuries or anything, then um, then yeah, it is worth going to get checked out. But if you don't have any problems and a running shop tells you that you you um you perhaps over pronate as they'll tell you just take that with a little bit of uh i would say so that that's my two biggest things is go and get fitted in a shop but just be a little bit wary about them telling you that you over pronate because you probably don't
0: yeah i'm pretty sure i went to a, a running shop it probably was years ago now and i did a did a test or like stood on something and they said i needed insoles so I bought some insoles, obviously. Oh,
1: God, that's another thing. Great. Exactly,
0: yeah. <laughs> I started wearing them and I was like, what the hell are these? I took them out straight away. I was like, that is if... not – it just didn't yeah. feel natural. I was like, this is – nah.
1: Anything you are doing to, in inverted commas, correct your running strides, your gait, the way your foot lands, is probably going to cause you problems unless it has been prescribed by a professional. Again, I'll get my high horse about something else as well. Even podiatrists sometimes drive me mad with oh you need insoles. Podiatrists hate runners. They hate runners. And they'll say you need insoles and they'll make you buy like a 250 <laughs> quid because they're expensive. Insoles yeah. are expensive. So just be a little bit careful about, about that. Yeah. So that's my those are my biggest things with um with shoes. And then um the next biggest thing is um do you like the colour? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, get get fitted. Lego, do I actually
0: like these shoes? <laughs> that, do you know what? That That's is it. such a good point because I actually went into Nike uh, earlier this. Well, it was literally last week, and I was looking at some of the shoes, and they they pointed out these ones in particular that were like, oh, they they sound exactly what you wanted. I described what I wanted and stuff, and I looked at the colors. I was like, Nah. I don't want those I'm not going to I won't wear them If I, I don't like The look of them So I got some I was like Well Nah I'll just get these Other ones instead I shouldn't have asked them Should I I'd
1: say that There's one other thing That I would just be um, I would I'd say as a little tip Is in the In the age That we're in now With carbon Fibre plates So For those listening Carbon fibre plates Are finding their way Into what are called Super shoes Because um, they don't make us go faster, really. Um, there are there some incremental gains to be had, you know. But you know, some of the claims, like Nike say, you know, you'll go four percent faster. Jesus Christ! If everybody was going four percent faster, the world, the world record would be well smashed. Um,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that that just doesn't really happen. Um, but what those are there for is to absorb shock mm. when we are running fast. I would definitely not recommend them for your daily running. So, um, don't get carbon fiber shoes if you're looking to, you know, go out and just do your easy runs and your general weekly training. Um, save your carbon fiber shoes for practicing for your race. So, when you get more specific about what you're doing and, um, and the actual race itself. Um, but otherwise, go and get yourself some just daily things like the Nike, um, uh, Nike Pegasus I run in mm. for my day, daily running. They, I've got two pairs that have done well over a 1,000 miles each. The whole 300 to 500 mile rule is a load of rubbish as well.
0: I was literally just about to ask that then. So, yeah, that's like the usual, yeah, these will last you 400 miles and then you're supposed to switch them out. Is that a myth?
1: Nonsense. Total nonsense. nonsense. Am I allowed to swear on here?
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: (laughs) So, my my tip for, uh, you know, Am I, am I okay to keep running in these shoes? Look at them and say, are they okay? And if they're not, then, okay, so th- this is what I say. Get rid of your shoes when they're fucked. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That was, that's it. <laughs> when they're
0: fucked. Let me just show you my old ones. <laughs> I think these, these <laughs> are these clusters fucked or not? These were pretty um, Maybe, oh, wait, there we go. Yeah, they're pretty fucked. <laughs> For those of you that, just listening on the podcast, I will put a nice screenshot of this somewhere so you can see the state of ease.
1: Yeah. I would <laughs> I would class actually, it. Like, when you were but, even, but even then, look, show me the souls.
0: Even then, yeah, no. Solid. Pretty good. Still. Yeah.
1: See, I well, keep running in those. I get some you can get some really good patching up stuff now. Um, yeah. but I don't want to get all um all save the planet, um and everything, but yeah, sustainability is an issue in the in the shoe world, um, mm. and it's really great that I mean I wear quite a lot of Adidas shoes, and they're making a lot of their shoes now from recycled plastic. Um, there's the Parley brand uh, or the Parley range from Adidas, which are um, which are all from they're made from bottles and sea plastic, basically. Oh wow! Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, trainers so take something like five hundred years to decompose.
0: Oh gosh, mm. so all the, is that the foaminess in the in the, the,
1: the, the foam is the big problem, yeah. yeah.
0: So how many pairs of trainers do you have, specifically um, for running?
1: <laughs> I do have a lot. I would say I probably have about 20 pairs on the go, um, but that 20 pairs will last me a very long time. Like I say, I've, I still run in, there's two pairs of Nike Pegasus I've got in there that have easily got 1,000 miles on them. Um, another thing I did was I, I stopped, uh, so on Strava, which is the, the running social platform that we all love to use. Um, and it counts how many miles you've done in each pair of shoes.
0: That's clever. You know that.
1: Well, I, I don't have Strava. I turned it off. I turned it off. So, um, oh. cause I was, I was just kind of, I was, I was part of that, um, like generation of runners, I guess that sort of started running when Strava was starting to get big. So I went all in and, you know, used all the features and it's a great platform. Um, mm. but that is one of the things that I was getting I'd go, Oh, well, I've done three hundred miles in those shoes and I go, I need new ones now. And actually, did I really need new ones? No. I didn't. Probably not.
0: It's exactly the same as having a smartwatch, thinking you've slept fine, and then you check it on the app and it says you've slept terribly and you're like, Oh, mm. yeah. Terrible. It's like, no, it's however you feel <laughs> overrides what an app tells you. So yeah, exactly the same you're as really- if the trainer's fine, wear it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, and the Very reason I've fun. got so the reason I've got so many pairs is I've got you know sort of ten pairs for road, ten pairs for trail, and mm-hmm. um, it's good to have a rotation of shoes. Maybe not that many, but I am a competitive runner, That's so you know probably a little bit different. But you know, if if you're getting into running or you need to running or you know you just do it casually, it is good to have different pairs because then um, you're not using exactly the same muscles every time you land on the floor.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I've never thought about. It. Yeah. I've always just had one, and then just stuck it for a couple of years, and then got a new one. But yeah. then probably just those uh, New Balance I had; those are my third pairs of the, the exact same shoe because I loved them so much. Yeah. Uh, but to, even between pairs, then would you upgrade the, to the same one, or do you just um,
1: ideally? But that's one of the that's one of the ever ever-going challenges for anyone. That's why I I don't have one pair of shoes that I've gone right. They work for me. They're the ones I'm going to use forever. Um, Because here's a prime example. I got the Nike Pegasus 38s. I had two pairs, as I say, both on over a 1,000 miles per pair. Then I skipped the 39s because I didn't need to, because I'm still going with the other ones. And then the 40s came out, and I looked at the other two, pair um that have done all those miles and was like well it's probably time to get another pair now even though they're still going but i'll get another pair so i got the 40s the newest model don't like them
0: and they weren't yeah that's... don't
1: like them i got a really bad blister under my um under my left uh mm. ball of my foot um so ever since then i go every time i go to a nike outlet stall i'm like have they got any 38s and <laughs> i I've bought two more pairs of 38s. So I've got, <laughs> I got four pairs of the... Um...
0: Buy them for life. <laughs>
1: yeah, so but they, eventually they will disappear and then they'll yeah. be like an antique. But that's that's one of the tricky things with the with, with shoes is that they're always bringing out new models. They're always making little tweaks to them. Sometimes that tweak makes a little tweak in the shoe makes a big difference to us.
0: Yeah. So what else is on your essential running kit list then?
1: Um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say Runderwear. So Runderwear... Um, Underwear, running underwear They are a brand Um, They've supported me for the last five years Um, Amazing Amazing group of people Um, And they make the best Boxer shorts and socks Uh, Certainly the best boxer shorts Um, I know there'll be people that will argue with me About the socks but I love the merino socks Personally Um, They make great great base layers And they also make really good uh, They've just started doing outer shorts Now as well um, and they're super, super, super light. So, like you literally can't feel like they're on, um, <laughs> Just, so yeah, any.
0: And that's a good thing
1: <laughs> Well,
0: <laughs> down the street. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it, yeah. You're like, Oh, have I actually put my shorts on? <laughs> um, but yeah, the underwear are great. Um, and then obviously I'm a man, but, um, for bras, they, they're, they're the best. So I definitely say run give them a shout out. So I I was wearing their stuff before I became an ambassador with them, um, so yeah, mm-hmm. If you like running on the trails, I've just started working with Ugoku hats, which I'm wearing right now. They're amazing. So give them we I'll give them a shout out. They're lovely hats. Uh really sort of trying to compete with the premium end trail running hats. Um and then you know, depending on what your goal is, if you're if you road running, nipple plasters, that's another one.
0: <laughs> I'm laughing, but yeah, I feel that that was <laughs> um
1: Fascinating. You know, well, I was gonna say you know, chafing is a thing. Uh, even you know, for the super skinny, you know, so it's it, it affects everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I use Squirrels Nut Butter. That's really good. Um, Interesting. It's expensive. I think the stick was like eighteen quid for the stick, but it lasts forever. Oh. Um, I stick that in all the right places before I run. Uh, there's also Body Glide as well, which I think is a bit more. I'd call it female friendly. So they're essential. And then if you get into the trail running world or just going longer distances, then um, a really good hydration vest. So that's a that's a vest that you wear that you can keep, obviously, your fluids in. So, you know, hydration is super key, so you can keep your soft, soft last in, um, but also your gels and jelly babies and bits of food and stuff like that in them and, you know, any kit that you, uh, you're carrying with you. Um, and the one I would massively recommend to everybody and i've tried so many is the solomon adv range they are brilliant so if any of your listeners are doing something like a half marathon or a marathon or you know out on the trails where they're running get that brand it fits so snug because um one of the one of the worst you know we talk about chafing one of the mm. worst things that oh, you get yeah. from from an ill-fitting hydration vest is just rubbing in horrible rubbing places everywhere.
0: Yeah, I tried. I tried a running vest, and I just I couldn't get. I just couldn't get used to it at all. I've been running with just my armband, mm. literally since I started running years and years ago. So, I just couldn't get used to it. There was just too much going on. I felt heavier. I was just like, no, it's fine. I'll just stick with my armband. <laughs> mm. But I can imagine. Yeah, that was quite a cheap one. So, maybe maybe I'll try out. What did you say? The Solomon,
1: Solomon Adv. But they make Note it in that. a five liter, eight liter, and twelve liter, and they, and actually, I think they have a specific women's fit as well.
0: Mm. And do you feel the really potentially stupid question? Do you not feel the water slushing about? Is it like no. a camelback, or some, or like some where you can put a water bottle in?
1: So um, they usually have. So you can either have a um, a bladder in the back. Yeah. with with a tube that comes down to the front and you can sip from it like a straw mm. or flasks in the front which i prefer the flask i don't like the uh, i don't like the weight on the back um but they're soft the thing that people forget yeah. to do is to squeeze all the air out because then as yes. you drink as you drink it they don't slosh about so they're called yeah. soft flasks. as you drink they shrink
0: yeah of course oh, that's yeah you don't
1: cute. have to worry about sloshing
0: Top tip. So, would you always take water running then, or is there a certain distance that you would start? Yeah, at? And this is a good link into fuel as well. So, if you want to delve into when you should be fueling the runs and yeah.
1: mid run, um, so hydration always key, minimum two liters a day. And then if it's warm outside, you know, you want to be thinking more like three liters a day. And that's just in general, just to stay alive, stay healthy. Hydration is massively key. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll come on to um, you know something with with gels actually because particularly a lot of beginner runners struggle with gels and I'll talk about that. But um, do I take water all the time? No, I don't feel like I need to. Um, mm-hmm. Some people I coach is the guy called Chris who did London the same time as you, Chris Chaplin. Oh, yes. yeah. yep. Um he he won't do parkrun without his hydration vest on. He's like he, he has to, yeah he's constantly needing to drink, 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 drink.
0: Interesting. Well, so, he, did, he got a really good time, so maybe I should have be taking a leave. He, well. <laughs> he did
1: very well. He did very well. So yeah, yeah. Um, but I did Newport Marathon. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a single drink. What? Not, not a single drink. Was it quite cold? Um, it was not warm. I mean, it's Newport in uh, in Wales, so it's always cold. <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> um, but no, that was just part of my strategy, really. Um, which is just because I was going for a quick time. I mean, I'm you know, I was going for two forty five that day. um I made a little bit of a a little bit of an error with not having it, but I e- even if I'd had water, it wouldn't have been much, but it, it is really down to the individual. My next marathon is Manchester, so that's my sort of next big goal is Manchester Marathon. I know I talked about ultra and you know I prefer ultras I prefer trails I do. But I thought before I get too old because I'm 41 on Monday. Um oh, never too old. I well the, the you do you do start getting too old to do fast marathon time. So I'm I'm going to try and have another crack at the 245 in Manchester, but I this time I will take on more fluid. Mm. Um
0: why what what when what, what went so wrong at the Newport one? Uh any, about any mile 19. Go
1: on. Yeah, about mile 19 I started to feel a little bit Dizzy and icky, not sick, but it was just—I just something wasn't right—and I had to just slow it down a little bit. um Sorted myself out, got back. I, I did start to get back up to speed, um and st- I was able to get gels back. Yeah, you know, keep keep taking my gels. I you know my fueling was was on point, but I I didn't quite have enough hydration to be able to absorb all of the carbohydrate that I was putting in me because mm-hmm. I'm. I'm a fast runner, but I'm quite a big guy for the speed I run. Um, you know, I'm currently sitting about 87 kilos, which, you know, I, I need to get 90 grams of carbs in me every hour Yeah, to, to, to fuel me running at that pace. So, um, but without the right, without adequate hydration, the body just cannot absorb that amount of carbohydrate. You know, I think it's, um, I think it's like 260 molecules of um, H two O to every twenty molecules of uh, thirty molecules of carbohydrate with two molecules of sodium. So without yeah. that, without that hydra- hydration going in, I just wasn't absorbing it quick enough. Yeah.
0: So when um, you got to what did you say mile nineteen? Did you not think mm-hmm. I should probably drink water, or was was the plan to just keep going
1: at that point? I just well, the thing with Newport is that. It's um it's a fast marathon because it's so it's ridiculous how flat Newport is for twenty six miles is something like thirty meters in total elevation.
0: Oh wow. So
1: flat. Crazy. Compared
0: to what what is London? What's or what's the the average? I don't I, don't, I don't know.
1: I think London's about hundred metres. You don't you don't notice it no as much. But like Newport is crazy flat for how how you know, twenty six point two miles. But it's quite dull. Mm. The last The sort of mile 18 to 25 24 25 there's no one there's no supporters no houses no nothing it's just dull country lanes that's the only reason people go to newport really is because it's fast (laughs) it's
0: It's
1: not (laughs) you don't you don't go for the excitement um that's the
0: hardest bit as well
1: yeah, so, Nothing so, yeah, there. exactly. When you want a, that little bit of extra, when need,
0: that's when you need people there. That's what literally yeah. got me going, like kept yeah. me going at London.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, hyd- hydration, um, very important, uh, more important than you think. And, and, and that's the thing. A lot of people will say, and actually, I've got Marcus Wilde from Talk, who I, um, who I'm sponsored by with, um, with hydration and, uh, and gels and stuff and fueling. So, um he's on my podcast and one of the things he talks about was the reason a lot of runners say, Oh, I can't I don't get on with gels. They they make me feel gross or mm. you know, I get sick off them or I get diarrhea off them. You're, I, you I you hear and see of people getting Forest in the weeds. Getting really in the weeds. In, yeah, honestly, I
0: can vouch for that. I'm running running through London, I've never seen so many people vomiting. Not an of water. And- it was rank, and I got told this was because they weren't hydrating, or they were, yeah, they weren't hydrating enough with water, and they were mixing Lucasid with gels. gels. What's is there? What's the science behind that?
1: Well, what's in, like what, what's in what's in Lucasid? Carbs. Carbs. So all, all the, loaded, so all, the, so all they were doing. I, I have a little bit of a rule. So because you can get these, you can get Lucas Aid, Gatorade, all that sort of stuff, but also you can get um brands like Tailwind Talk as well, they have um carbohydrate solutions that go in go in drink.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's okay to a certain extent, but I've now made the rule that hydration in the bottle, carbs in the pocket. So top tip. Because the reason for that is that if you get thirsty, drinking something like Leucosade, which has got carbs in it as well you're just adding more carbs on top of the carbs that you're trying to dilute already right and you so, just have so- you have no control over your your thirst so so you could just do it exclusively on um on on powder in the drink but what if what what if you need more fluid how do you how do you do that if all you've got is a carby drink on you yeah, you know, if you're if you're feeling thirsty, and you just keep ingesting more and more and more and more carbs, you're just setting your your gut up for for distress, which which is what that is. It's GI tract distress. Yeah. it's like oh, there's too much sugar coming into me. I don't know what to do with it. The muscles aren't absorbing it. The glycogen isn't isn't now flowing through my body. I've got to do something with it, and the body's way of getting rid of it, puking it, or shitting mm-hmm. it. Honestly, have we put everybody off running it? <laughs>
0: I think so. I think so. If you're still listening, guys, I'm impressed. We're about to go even deeper, right? But so honestly,
1: for... if, you, if you can if you can hydrate well, that's that's a really good place to be. in.
0: Right. So for a let's well, let's not say a beginner, but for someone doing their first half marathon or maybe mm-hmm. they're doing their first marathon, what do you recommend for fuel before? Um, during and in, in terms of hydration as well and then obviously after i'm just going to say you just end up eating what you want because you deserve mm-hmm. it <laughs> so i've covered the after
1: yeah <laughs> i mean afterwards yeah
0: make sure you get good
1: good protein good carbs as soon yeah. as possible um, particularly carbs the protein yeah. bit you know you talk about that anabolic window and everything which you know we i think we've kind of debunked that over the yeah, last few good. years a little bit yeah. um but carbs um, you want to get carbs in quickly really quickly because that's that's the prime time for your body to be um replenishing its glucose, uh, its glycogen source so mm-hmm. um, so that's that beforehand um and this is something so the, I, I would say it the gut can be trained it's a little bit like and Marcus told me this it's a little bit like Christmas day right normally we wouldn't eat that amount of food over, over you know that we do over Christmas right but on Christmas Day we stuff our faces and then we do the same thing the next day and we do the same thing the next day and by by day four day five we've gotten used to that our gut has gone well I'm used to plowing all this food into me <laughs> and so that's a just quite a, a sort of
0: until until you're on day four of leftovers and it's like Mum, can we just bend this now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like. But,
1: but 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 what is happening is <laughs> that your your gut is getting used to, um, it, it, you know, it's being trained to consume a certain amount of something over a period of time, and it's exactly the same with your training. So, mm-hmm. you know, when people go, well, I, I mean, I see it on Facebook all the time. It's like two days before the London Marathon, and Facebook is awash with people going just wondering what gels I should take in two days time. And I'm like, please tell me you've been practicing in training.
0: Tell me that's a joke.
1: That is like one of the worst things you could possibly do on race day is eat something that you've never eaten before, whether mm-hmm. that's for breakfast or during the race itself. Wow, that is the worst thing you can do. That is like absolutely race day. No, no. hmm you know the 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 lot a great opportunity. So the, for the people listening, a great opportunity to practice your fueling is your long runs. So as you are building up to your race day, around about six weeks out, and this is when I was when I was coaching you, around about six weeks out, as those runs start getting a bit longer, it's like right now let's start making sure that we are taking exactly what we're going to be taking on race day and in the exact quantities as well. So you know it might be six weeks out eight weeks out we start with one gel every hour and do it by time as well don't do it by how many miles you've run do it by time so might be that we do one gel for an hour um for you know, two hours worth of running so you, you have two gels on that run then the next week we'll do three gels then we'll do four gels and it depends on so for for you you, you'd get away with 60 grams of carbs per hour. So two, two talk gels, mm-hmm. the brand I'm, uh, I work with because they got 30 grams of carbs per, per gel. Um, for me, it's three, um, so 90 grams of carbs. Um, yeah, you want to be practicing that in training. So by the time you get to race day, you have practiced being able to consume three, you know, two or three gels every hour. Starting at the beginning as well. The other thing that people do is they go, oh, well, I start getting tired at around two hours worth of running. So I'll start taking the gels then. That's too late. Mm -hmm. You need to start from 20 to 30 minutes into the race. I even take a gel literally just before we set off. Interesting. Start straight away. Just It's a little bit like, you know, you talk about that carb loading. So what do we have before the race? That starts three days before you want to start consuming lower fiber, and I know we talk about fiber in terms of general health, super, super important, but to be able to perform, you want to reduce the amount of fiber, particularly the day before the race and the morning of the race to, you know, white breads, white, white rice, white pasta. Um, you know, don't hold back on the sweeties. You should go into race day, a couple of kilos heavier. If you've done, if you've done carb loading correctly, you should be a couple of kilos I definitely did. <laughs> I,
0: yeah. I got way too carried away. I just kept seeing squashes I was like, oh yeah, Get another bag of them in. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, strawberry Any haribos excuse. are my, my oh, thing.
0: Yes. Any excuse. Love yeah. it.
1: Um and then and again, you want to be practicing that as well. So, you know, on your long runs and and on days where you might be doing a um a hard session. Have a, a more sugary breakfast than you would normally have. You know, mm-hmm. don't have a bowl of Frosties every day or a bowl of, you know, crunchy cornflakes every day because that's not very good for you. Um, but on the day of a long run, have something like that and a banana uh, yeah. with some honey, extra honey on it, and that's 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 gold to fuel your run. That's the kind of stuff that you want to be you want to be going yeah. for. Um, but it's all very individual. It's the thing with nutrition. I, I wouldn't sit here and say, everybody go and have a bowl of Frosties because maybe might be 90% of people don't like Frosties or it doesn't work for them or they feel gross on them. Um, nutrition is so individual. It's got to be what what works for you. And the easiest way to do that before you sort of start doing that, um, that fueling practice, that breakfast before long run practice, practice, just go, well, what do I normally like? You know, if you, yes, like, yes. If you like jam on toast, maybe instead of having... Wholemeal toast before a long run. Start having white toast before a long run, just while you're in your in your training phase, and then have that as your breakfast before. You know, if porridge works for you, great. It's all yeah. it's all down to you.
0: And so, just to touch on when you when you were talking about fueling during the run as well, it's all you you were talking about the fact that it's your body getting used to it as well. But actually, the the action of eating a gel at the same time, and yes, your body's got to get used to it. But again, touching on what you said about nutrition is so individual. Like I know some of my friends who like the really thick gels because it's like eat mm-hmm. it, it. But I cannot stand the thick ones. I'd rather a thin one, more like water, because yeah, it's, again, it it's all to me. So, one hundred percent, I agree that
1: yeah, it's all 100%. very down to personal preference. I mean, I like something like a goo gel. They're really thick and sticky. They're almost like a yeah. dessert sauce. Um. I'm okay with those on an ultra where the pace and the intensity isn't so crazy. But if I'm doing a faster race, like like a half marathon or a marathon, I, there's no way because I'd be gasping for air trying to swallow the damn thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh,
0: <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's what confused me the first time. Like people were handing out jelly babies, and I was like, oh, great, I had one, and then I was realized I couldn't breathe while I was trying to eat this really like thick sweet. I was yeah. like, I'm just, I just couldn't get my head around it. By the Obviously. way, Jelly
1: Babies um, are not that great for fueling on a long run. Why? Well, they're tiny, right? They weigh about three grams. <laughs> it, it's going to take about 50 Jelly Babies an hour to get the carbs that you need.
0: And they're so chewy. You, you'd literally be chewing on them the whole run.
1: <laughs> you, you'd need you need three bags for a whole marathon and nobody oh, wants them. yeah!
0: You, you don't want to yeah. carry them around.
1: So if if anybody's listening and thinks, "Oh, I hate gels," it's usually because you don't give the um, the time needed to be able to get used to them and train the gut, but also it's probably because you're not hydrated enough as well.
0: Okay, so leading away from the races, then maybe people are just listening, thinking, "I just want to run for the fun of it." Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one of I, I put a question box up on Instagram and got a few questions from people. Okay. And one of them was, what's the minimum amount to run to stay fit once you're already at a good level? So no race goals or anything like that, but what would you recommend as just to stay healthy?
1: How much time have you got is the question I would ask. I am a big believer that running should fit into your life, not life fit into your running. When And this is a, a big part of my coaching philosophy that, you know, I, I don't work with elite athletes. I work with I work with people who've got jobs and kids and busy lives and, you know, they can't train 80, 90, 100 miles a week. Am
0: um, as an elite athlete?
1: Well, you oh. are because, you know, with your, <laughs> That
0: with is your, a joke,
1: uh, man. <laughs> your high rock stuff and your turf walls and all that. Um, um, so... Yeah, what what time do you have? Is the the question I I would ask somebody. And you know what um, what 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 are your goals? What is it you are trying to do? And if you if you are literally just trying to stay fit, then you know get out three three times a week is kind of a minimum. I would say. Okay. Um, Even I mean, so, I-, I
0: know I know the person who asked this question, and they go to the gym five times a week. Their main goal is muscle wow. growth, yeah. mm-hmm. but they just want to keep. Their heart ticking over well and want to be able to still run a marathon yep. if they need to. Without okay.
1: so that person's already getting good cardiovascular exercise. It might not be technically called cardio in the gym world, um, mm. lifting weights, but it's still a good, it's still a good heart workout. Eh? Yep. Um, so you know, you you. It sounds like you're already a very fit person. Um, any running that you can do, you know, three three hours worth of running. If you can get out for three hours a week, mm-hmm. you know, so an hour a day, three times a week, forty-five minutes, four times a week, anything like that, then you're in a pretty good place. I have a guy who I coach called James, who has just finished the 145 mile Kenneth and Avon canal race. He has run a 308 marathon. He's done multiple other ultra marathons he can only run three days a week life only allows him to run three days a week and again that's sort of part of my coaching philosophy it's about what time have you got and then what can we do to for you to get the maximum benefit from that time without it adding more stress into your life because training is a stress life is a stress and when you put stress on top of stress that's when injuries happen illness happens so that that whole kind of what is the minimum to stay fit it's it just comes back to what time do you have and what time yeah. do you want to allocate to it is the other thing because we need to rest as well that's another you know rest and recovery is not separate to training it is part of training
0: yeah mm. I like that I really like that yeah because I I think I often thought of that question as well because I I run now for enjoyment I've yeah. not got any, I've not got any races or anything lined up i just want to be able to build back towards that if i want to in the future or Mm -hmm. someone messages me like hey lou do you want to do a marathon in a month's time i'll be like sure like i'd like to be (laughs) (laughs) not that i recommend to do that (laughs) but sure
1: (laughs) i wouldn't recommend that but you know if if you are generally i mean particularly all our strength training that person's doing um I mean, I guess that person might want to consider if, you know, what, what is your goal? If your goal is to build muscle um, hypertrophy, mm. then you probably don't want to be running too much because that is an um, inhibitor of muscle growth. Mm. It's less so than the gym bros of yesteryear thought, mm. but it it, it is an, an inhibitor of muscle growth. So, um, you know, just make sure you are focusing on what is your priority and prioritizing that?
0: Yeah, so I suppose if yeah, if strength strength training is still the priority, but you want to run, always get your strength done first and run after. Yeah. Vice versa, if running is your main goal and you want to optimize that, get that done first, prioritize that, and then think about adding a few strength after. Would you still recommend doing it that yeah, way? Or I mean, for
1: so that, that particular that particular person, if they're lifting five times a week. And running two or three times a week, I'd switch that around if the priority became oh, well, I've got a marathon in you know a month's time, I'd mm-hmm. probably switch that around and do four or five runs a week and two or three lifting sessions a week. And the lifting yeah, and as long as they're perhaps taking something like creatine. Yeah. Um, that'll help to reduce any um muscle degradation.
0: For those who do not know what creatine is, can you just delve a little bit more into that?
1: Nice. Well, cre- creatine is something that we naturally produce in our um body anyway. Um and we get mm-hmm. it from most you know meats, particularly like red meat. Um, um but creatine is a part of the energy production process with um something called adenosine triphosphate, which oh. um we're, 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 which 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 is part of the process of converting energy in the cells. So um creatine is really important mostly for um, power athletes and sprinters and uh, really short bursts of, mm. um, but we're learning quite a lot from about creating now in the endurance world and more and more endurance athletes are, um, are, are turning to it, mostly for, for for when they're in the gym and doing that power stuff. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's benefiting that, um, but also it helps to reduce muscle degradation and there's potentially some benefit to DOMS and, um speeding up recovery as well.
0: Recovery, yeah. That was actually one of the questions we got asked as part of the Instagram box. So oh, there you go. I used to take creatine when I lifted heavy at the gym, but want to take up more running. Do you recommend I start taking it again?
1: So it's just really important for me to say I'm not a nutritionist and I can't recommend yeah. it because I'm not a qualified nutritionist. Yeah. But my nutritionist said to me, why would you not take creatine? Mm. It's so well studied. And, you know, and people get all you know um, panicky about things like water retention, but that water retention is is intracellular. It's not it's not you know floating around randomly like some water balloon. It's intracellular. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah it
0: only benefits you because your yeah. muscles can hold more water. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, why wouldn't you take creatine? Is kind of what I would say. <laughs> Why wouldn't you?
0: I remember, I remember the day I asked you that. I'm, I've not stopped taking it since. Yeah, there you go. I still take it every day. Yeah. Whether oh, it's no, benefiting I... me or not, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>, and
1: <laughs> and don't that, that is exactly what I was just going to say. You know, whether it benefits me or not, I don't really know, but it does not benefit me if I take it. So, yeah, why wouldn't you? Just make sure it's creating monohydrate. As opposed to... Oh, I can't remember what the uh, other ones are called now, but make sure it's creatine monohydrate because that's yeah. the that's the the um, yeah that's the premium version of creatine. You don't want to get one of the proprietary
0: versions. But it's still it's still relatively cheap anyway, isn't it? I like, I just add I just add a little scoop to my protein shake already on a morning. Yep. like I just get the unflavored one. Would recommend yep. unflavored. Add it to your flavored protein powder, and it you can't taste it at all. Some people, say, some people say it tastes rank. I'm like, well, it doesn't say anything. Literally doesn't taste of anything, especially if you put so
1: it. You can get it in tablet form as well if you need it. Yeah. All oh, right. I didn't know you could get it in tablet form. Yeah. Yeah, you can get it in tablets.
0: Um, one of the um, other questions I thought was quite amusing was what was it like to coach Lou? <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> Bloody nightmare.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was oh, brilliant. Yeah, um, you know, it was. Um, you, you came in with obviously, uh, you know, you'd, you'd had a three twenty I think at Barcelona, if, that is is that right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe that.
1: And, but you know, so you came in with that and I thought, you know, you, you definitely, you'd, you could definitely achieve that because mm-hmm. the training you'd, you'd done for Barcelona wasn't, you know, hugely structured. You just kind of, as you said yourself, winged it a little bit.
0: Yeah, it was a total um, wing.
1: But. There were a couple of things with, you know, the difference between that loo and you know, the loo that we had just before, um, just before London mm. so, yeah, was number one, you had a few issues with your knee.
0: Yeah. wasn't so, Yeah.
1: yeah so no, we were not really
0: know at- My physio said it was, um, a lax ACL, which sounds, ah, sounds yeah, scarier yeah. than it is, but yeah, it's just, just needed to rest it. So yeah. Sad. So th- there was that, but.
1: And and I think these two things uh, are interlinked. Um you couldn't drop because of you know your membership. You've you know, you do your five videos a week. I think you were probably <laughs> carrying a lot more fatigue than you needed to be because you're doing hits five days a week. Um by the way, doing hit type training with marathon training isn't ideal because the two totally counteract each other you know you, you you're building lots and lots of type one muscle fibers mm. and um running is lots of type two muscle fibers slow twitch you know and you've got lots of fast Just
0: to reiterate, it, they, they're not all hit only one one or two a week are hit and the rest are strength <laughs> slower strength anyway but it's still it's still intense
1: <laughs> exactly exactly and most I think, people yeah, would
0: probably still call it high intensity so yeah but
1: yeah so, so so with that we sort of um you know with the knee and um, the fact that you were you're know, just training you know, a lot, which you know that whole go hard go home mentality. I'm so glad that it's um, you know it's not like that as much anymore with with training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, particularly in in running, it's it's not all about more. More isn't better. So, see, so yeah, I think with those two two things, you know, we sort of said, well, uh, three three twenty maybe isn't going to be achievable, but you know, we settled for, for you just going, having some fun, having a good race. And you did. You still did 336.
0: Yeah. Still got yeah. a good
1: memory for these numbers.
0: That's a very good. Yeah. You've done your research before.
1: <laughs> no, no. I just remember. No, this no.
0: That's very I can, impressive. I can,
1: I, can, I can rattle this stuff off. I, uh, I, that's the thing with my coaching. I get so invested in, in people. And it's really important yeah. that I do that.
0: You really um, do. It, yeah. You can so. tell that you can. I think that's why it probably put more pressure on me. So I, <laughs> whoa! Sorry if that's really loud, big helicopter. But yeah, I felt so much more pressure on the London, probably because I'd already sort of set the scene. I knew there was a time to be. Whereas with the Barcelona one before, I'd never done one, so just mm-hmm. crossing the line was going to be a PB for me. So I, the pressure was completely different. And then having a coach that I was that I knew was so invested. And who actually cares about your results is just next level because then that just <laughs> adds a little bit more pressure, and it's like I need to do well for Nick.
1: <laughs> well, no, you went, you had fun, you, you know, you 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 still had a good race. Um, I think you know if you ever did go, I think well, I do fancy another crack at a marathon again. Yeah, I, really I, I I would say that you know if you can. I know it's difficult with your with your business and your your membership. It, you know, if you can if you if you focused on pure marathon training, yeah. Yeah, you know, you've got a three ten in you. Easy.
0: Yeah. My yeah, my aim was sub three fifteen. That's what I, in my head. i as long as I achieve that one day, I'll be happy. Some people were saying, Oh yeah, you're going for sub three. I was like, Absolutely not. Like <laughs> Sub
1: no three is hard. It, that's that is hard.
0: Brie. Like I know some really good runners who barely scrape it, and that's that surprised me. But go on, watch your PB. I think that was that was actually uh, someone's nice question. Who's got, the <laughs> Who's got the
1: best PB? Who's got the best PB? Well, Eliud Kipchoge's got the best PB: two <laughs> hours, one minute, and twenty seconds. Um, uh, two hours fifty-four oh one was my. Newport time. But like I said, I I was yeah. on for I was on for two forty five, got to mile nineteen, wheels fell off a bit. I did get back up to pace for a mile, but then I was like, well, I'm not gonna get two forty five, so I just jogged home.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think once I'd realised I wasn't gonna hit my PBA and I was seeing everyone puking around me, I thought, let's just cross the line. Let's just <laughs> not panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not panic. Don't kill myself, just cross the line.
1: Yeah. That's why I'm gonna go back to. Um that's why I've decided. Well, there's a couple of reasons why I've decided to go back for another crack of the marathon, but um yeah. I just thought, let's see if I can do that sub two forty
0: five. Let's do it. What what pace is that?
1: Um I'll oh, see now I'm trying to learn kilometers pace through uh, three fifty seven kilometre pace um for forty two kilometers or six nineteen per mile.
0: That is disgusting.
1: Just, it is just, just in...
0: so, so mm. people understand, that was sort of my tempo running pace. Mm. Never mind a marathon run pace. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, very impressive. That is actually yeah. ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I just ran uh, a 35-minute 10K on the weekend. So, Ooh,
0: beautiful. oh beautiful. Yeah.
1: But now I've got a hernia, so that's great. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> you can take that one off now, next. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that sort of links in, so do you track your VO2 max? No. Anything like that?
1: No, I don't track VO2 max.
0: No. Someone asked me what is VO2 max and why is it important? And I I was like, I don't really, I don't track mine either.
1: Okay. So VO2 max is the volume V of oxygen O2 that you can maximally utilize. So VO2 max that you can utilize whilst exercising. Yeah. Um, the higher your VTO max, the uh, more intensity that you can manage for longer. Uh, hence, that K- Killian Journay in the ultra running world is um, as good as he is. Um, you know, he is the goat of ultra running, won everything. Um, he's uh, reportedly got the highest VO2 max ever recorded 97. Um, millimole per kilo of body weight, which is insane. I think what's, the
0: what's the sort of average?
1: Well, I think for you know, sort of just just somebody who is active, it's around like forty-two, something wow. like that. But yeah, he that that's super super high. Lance Armstrong, I know he was a um, drug cheat and everything, but um, I, th- I don't think he was anywhere near that. I think he was like eighty-nine. So that's yeah. cra- crazy crazy high. It is important because obviously you know being able to use, utilize oxygen more as a fuel source yeah. is
0: um, it's like the the efficiency isn't it that your body can yes. get the, the oxygen to your muscles yes as efficiently as possible yeah but is it just, just for baseline health you need a, yeah. a, a vo2 max is a good indicator of that but i don't think i'd recommend people actually going out their way to get a vo2 max test done cuz does is, doesn't it doesn't a proper one involves like the full mask and everything like that and junior yep. to your so, limit.
1: I, I, I'm going to hedge my bets and say that this person is asking because their Garmin watch is telling them about VO2 max. Ignore, ignore that number. It means yep. nothing. It's yeah total rubbish. I've, I've had athletes that I coach go and have lab tests and the results will been completely different to what's the, what yeah. they watch. In fact, as I said, I run a 35-minute 10k on the weekend. My watch mm-hmm. still thinks my predicted time is 37. So, I ignore all those kind of numbers. um yeah. you know VO2 max is important, but and here's a really good example. One of the greatest marathon runners of all time, Pre Fontaine, back in the 70s and 80s. One of the highest VO2 maxes ever recorded. I think it was like 87 or something. And I think he he was way back in the field, and he was beaten by a by a runner with 67 VO2 max, um, but this guy, the who beat him, was just a much more fluid runner, better form. There's there's just much more to running than VO2 max, mm-hmm. so it's unless you get something done in the lab where, yeah, as you say, they put the mask on you and then they yeah. you're increasing intervals on the on the treadmill until you literally puke. Um,
0: into the mouth no,
1: not, not actually <laughs> people, but, you know, yeah, they, they stop it at a, they stop it at a point
0: um, so unless
1: you're unless you're That's getting so. unless you're getting that done there's there's yeah. just no points in doing it if you want to you know we can improve our vo2 Max to a point there are some genetics behind it um but as the session that you would have had that I give everybody to improve um improve that is Three minutes of hard, 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 hard running, and I can't mm. express that hard enough because no,
0: last, I, I, did, I, I went for it. I remember, I specifically remember that run as well because I nearly shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. I got to the end. There was there was like three or four intervals of that, wasn't there?
1: Yeah. So depend on the level of runner. So for somebody who's not that experienced, I would give four intervals. Yeah. Um, Somebody like yourself, five and then four. I've got a guy called Steve who's a sub three runner. Um he's um he he, he would get six, maybe seven, maybe seven
0: yeah. in uh, yeah, the last three six. minutes
1: hard, three minutes off. Um and each of those intervals, it's not about pace, it's about effort.
0: Yeah.
1: So at the end of each interval, that last twenty seconds you should start slowing down. Like you can't run any harder. And that's the reason for that, there's some great studies around um, we need a minimum of 12 minutes of that hard running to be able to achieve VO2 max improvement. It's like oh, 90, okay. it's, it's like well, 90, above 90% of your maximum heart rate.
0: 12 minutes, what, a week?
1: Per, so, for, what? for that, for that session.
0: Oh, okay. I, so I within so that one, do that once a week or once every fortnight? to improve or would you do multiple sessions at the vo2 max
1: no i wouldn't do it that often so the good news is is that to improve vo2 max it doesn't need a lot it's a bit like that short sharp hard interval work is is like the salt and pepper it's the seasoning in your training it's you get more of the benefit of doing lots of the um you know the longer easier slower stuff which for anybody who follows me on instagram i'm always banging on about easy running it's the it's the cornerstone. You know, I'm constantly telling you, slow down, <laughs> slow, down. One. Yes.
0: slow down. Slow down.
1: Because that's that's where we build the aerobic engine by running easy. We build all that yeah. lovely mitochondria and blood volume and yeah. blood That plasma. is my
0: number one top tip to any beginner. I'm like, you are set. I can guarantee you're setting off too quickly. Slow down. And you'll enjoy yeah. it so much more. You'll be able to run for longer. Just slow it down. Any other top tips on that? Oh, well, that's why... You should be able to speak a full sentence. Yeah. You should be yeah. able
1: to, well, you should be able to chat to yeah. somebody next to you. Yeah. And I, I mean, I,
0: my, top, my top tip is to ring my mum.
1: Yeah, there you go. Or
0: I'll have, I'll have things, a full yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What was I going to say? Yeah. So that's why I hate Couch to 5K because the way Couch to 5K is set out. So anybody just starting out with running, I don't recommend Couch to 5K because it is, it is basically non-stop intervals. You you do intervals for like 12 weeks. Yeah. And some people can be quite successful on it, but a lot of people are not. A lot of people, it's quite surprising how many people I, I, I hear of and see that say, oh, I tried for Couch to 5K and I had to quit because I was knackered or I got injured. And the mm-hmm. reason for that is it's not prescriptive enough. So it'll say walk for one minute, run for one minute. Well, for most beginners, and be- because of that world of go hard or go home that the fitness industry has been for so long, mm-hmm. people will take that run interval and they'll go, right, I'm going to run as hard as I possibly can. And that's yeah. not what you want to do. You actually want to run quite easy. So mm-hmm. so for, for anybody, I, I've got a girl who I coach called Lucy. She started totally from scratch with me. She's up to half marathon now. Um Sick. and she said oh you know are we going to do like case of 5k I said no all Absolutely I did not. Was I yeah,
0: you're not paying off. for a coach for them to give you an app
1: <laughs> well I I, I yeah. sent her out and if she pretty much exclusively built her way up by running 10 minutes easy mm-hmm. and it was super slow It's like 16 minute mile so what Yeah. As, yeah. My, as my as my hashtag goes nobody gives a fuck about your pace on Strava they don't no one cares how slow you are only cares. you care yeah. Only yeah. you care. Nobody else looks at your pace and goes, oh, what, that was only 16-minute mile pace? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, no nobody cares. They really don't. So, um, you yeah, know, if you want to go out for a run, start for 10 minutes, go nice and easy. You should be able to chat. Um, then, you know, do a couple of 10 minutes, then do a couple of 15, then do a couple of 20. And before you know it, you're at it in 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, um, just by building up your volume nice and easy.
0: Yeah, I love an easy run. Yeah, Most most of my runs are just, I'd rather just go out and enjoy it and run easy, take in the scenery, listen to a nice podcast, I'm literally obsessed. I love it. And you actually touched on, you said podcast over music as well. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason for that or do you just prefer listening to podcasts?
1: I do some of my best thinking when I'm running. So um, I've also come to learn that I do some of my best learning when I'm running. So the, some of the podcasts I listen to are some of the quite geeky, scientific uh you know mm-hmm. the science of running the science of lifting the science of strength nutrition all that sort of stuff you know i don't listen to i don't know i couldn't even name a a non-running podcast if i'm honest
0: if, if it's a non-running one or a non-exercise or self-learning one mine is about food <laughs> yeah, which yeah. we'll which still end up learning stuff about
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah
0: yeah
1: so yeah podcast for me
0: yeah. Have you, do you not listen? Is there a particular runs that you would choose music of a podcast or anything without? Good or question.
1: Just- um, so sometimes, like I mean, quite surprisingly for a 41 year old man, I'm well into drum and bass. I love drum and bass. Nice. <laughs> I love it. And uh, I'm actually uh, a little bit into um, big techno at the moment as well. Okay. Um, and I'll listen to that sort of stuff on a hard run.
0: Just to literally plow it in. Yeah, I think that's well, the time I listen to music as well, Hill Sprints. Or like
1: partly that. There's partly yeah. the come on, you know, there's that little bit of um motivation. But also, um, most drum and bass and house music is around hundred and seventy to one hundred
0: and eighty beats per minute. And that's how quickly that's you two so people
1: Yeah, so that's that's a cadence, which so is how many times you hit the the ground per minute when so you're a test,
0: is there a test that you can do to work out your kid and so is that Do you, do you most first, watches tell you most watches will give you that ah interesting so yeah,
1: um, so yeah it's uh, it, it depends really and sometimes I will I'll do a I'll do a long run um, sometimes I'll race not not uh, not road racing but um, trail racing I'll race with music on because um, there's some really good studies that show um, people perform better when they're listening to music
0: interesting i i've heard the opposite but maybe that's the that's the choice of music then if you have if you find the right music for your cadence benefits you if you don't it inhibits the performance
1: yeah potentially i think it was more around the motivational side of it though mm-hmm. um distraction uh, i think i've read something about um reduced uh, that was it reduced um perceived exertion
0: when... uh, yeah
1: When when listening to music, but it depends. I think it does depend on the music. I mean, you wouldn't want to listen to, you know, relaxing Sunday jazz (laughs) when you're in the middle of a race. it along, (laughs) chill, man. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, that might have the opposite effect. But that's interesting because I think listening to podcasts or audiobooks for me is actually is more distracting because I zone out and listen to what they're saying, as opposed to music. I'm a bit more like in my head, like listening to the music, sort of looking around, like in mm. my own. I'm in my own thoughts. Whereas if I'm listening to a podcast, I am listening to what they're saying and not talking to myself, being like, "Oh, this is hard." Or oh. that's why
1: that's why I listen to podcasts on easy runs normally. You know, yeah, my easy runs are generally an hour, and then long runs longer, obviously, on the weekend. But yeah, you know, I'll get an entire episode in an hour. Yeah. Oh,
0: I think when I was racking up the the hours for the marathon training I was listening to like a book in one mm. go, like a, one full audio book in like a week've so yeah, got oh easily done I've got Easy. a friend who
1: um who did a, a six-day ultra marathon in the um in the Peruvian jungle and he listened to Harry for Potter six was it, was it was a multi-day it was a multi-day event and he basically listened to Harry Potter every day
0: <laughs> That's incredible! Yeah In the Peruvian jungle, listening to Harry Potter,
1: yeah, <laughs> getting bitten by all sorts.
0: Oh no! Oh, I can't think of any. What? How how far did they have to run each day?
1: Uh, I think it was like fifty k a day. That's a fairly standard fare for a multi day.
0: Well, yeah, that yeah.
1: Dragon's back is in a couple of weeks. For anybody listening that uh, wants to follow a really good race, Dragon's back. It's about fifty k a day. Basically, starts. In North Wales and finishes in South Wales. All right. Of course, of course all the Welshman. How many days is that? Six. That's Five, six
0: days as well.
1: Yeah, there's a program about it on um Amazon Prime.
0: Oh wow! Have you ever thought about doing something like that? Sorry if you can hear that plane going over.
1: That's okay. Can't hear it. Um, thought about it. Thought about it. Just family situation for us at the moment. So.
0: Yeah,
1: you can't um, really take six days out. That's why I'm not doing ultra marathons at the moment. It's just a bit too much
0: for
1: the kids. For anybody listening who I'm quite happy to say, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer last year and um, unfortunately it's spread and she's now stage four um, moved to her brain. So that's why I'm not doing ultras at the moment because it's, uh, it's just a bit too much for her to look after our two crazy boys while I'm out running for 10 hours. So uh, nice. yeah. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm just um focusing on on her needs at the moment and but still getting my running in it's super important to keep looking after myself and
0: oh you know, 100%. So,
1: yeah, that's why um and you know why 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 do I run? Yes, I I'm competitive, I run fast, I you know, I've won some ultras. I'm, you know, I, I coach people. I've made it, you know, a profession now, but ultimately I still run for my my mind and my yeah. ass just follows.
0: I think a really nice finisher question then is what's your favorite thing about running?
1: I think it's changed over the years. I think my favorite thing is, is seeing how far I can push myself now. Mm. Very still, still very closely um. Followed by the original reason I started running, which was for my mental health. I still, like I say, I still go out and run for my mind. Um, But now it's just about how far can I push myself? How, you know, what what can I do next? You know, I've still got, I've got Race to the Stones next year. I got in on the ballot for that. I didn't get into London. So I didn't get to London for, for the ballot or I applied for breast cancer now. And considering our family situation, they rejected us. I was like... What? <laughs> okay. Take you. While you I, was bit, I was a bit like, <laughs> right, okay. I thought I thought our family situation, because they ask you, you know, why do you want to run yeah. for, for breast cancer now? I thought our family situation was pretty much a compelling uh, argument. Yeah, so that was a bit odd. Um, and she, she's done some stuff with breast cancer now as well. So that was a bit weird. But anyway, I got into Race to the Stones, which um, is – a hundred k along the Ridgeway the National Trail, uh, yeah. really big race, actually, really big race. Um
0: Someone I work with does it. There's, there's three, isn't there? Three. Yeah, it's race
1: to the stones, race to the king, and race to the tower.
0: Yeah, uh, they yeah, to the tower. look insane. Have you done one before, or is this this? Before? I've,
1: I've coached a few people. Um, mm-hmm. So James, who I mentioned earlier, he's done. Uh, he did it 2 years ago and i ran the last um 28 miles with him um so i, I wasn't in the race but i ran it with him because i was coaching him and um, Amazing. um so I, kn- I know the trail really really well um it's a it's a great race uh, it's it's so popular because it's um it's quite a ru- i'd say a runnable route mm. um you know there are, some, there are some hills it's 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 not flat by any means but it's not uh, it's not like Ultra Trail Snowdonia, which I did in May, which was just, God, crazy. Carnage. It was it was too hot <laughs> that day. That was the only problem. I'm not very good in the heat. That's why I'm worried about Race of the Stones because it's in June.
0: Yeah. Oh, that. Be... See, I think I prefer running in heat. I performed yeah, get... so much better in Barcelona than London, and I started. It was raining in London, and it was gorgeous weather in Barcelona.
1: So my best, um, my best races have come from. Uh, Brecken to Cardiff where I was fourth out of 500 odd runners and I did that with a bad leg um, and wow. it was biblical it was in fact it was the day of Storm Chiara the, oh
0: biggest my storm, God.
1: the biggest storm we've ever had in Britain it was biblical I've never seen so much rain <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so
1: awful and seven hours of just non-stop bullets in your face but I loved it I was just like Oh, I I'd, have I just
0: like, read it. I'd have just been like, nah, that, that's me. That's me done. That's yeah, not,
1: I, not, I not, love that. Not. Well, well, everybody else is going, oh, this is horrible. I'm like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: going to win it. <laughs> come on. <laughs> when everyone else gives up, that's when you power through. That's the yeah. top tip for success there. Well, I think I'm just going to round it up there, Nick. That was absolutely amazing. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Luke. If people want to find you. Hmm. Plug something, go for it.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, Maximum Mileage Maximum- Coaching. Yeah, MaximumMileageCoaching.com. Or uh, you can find me on Instagram. I pretty much always reply to people on there. So run with Nick. Um, yeah, that's it, really. Um, and then at Maximum Mileage also on Instagram. Um, although I don't really do much with my company. Um, Instagram, my personal one's probably this. So yeah, run with Nick or MaximumMileage.com.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nick.
1: Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Luke.
0: Thanks.